You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Step onto the sexy streets of animal attraction that is New York City. Welcome to Pets in the City, Life in the Urban Jungle. Join host Diane West as she explores the exciting lives, loves, and laments of the people and pets in the world's greatest city. Pets in the City, like the city itself, has something for everyone. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So get ready to get dressed to the canines and take a bite out of the Big Apple with your Pets in the City host, Diane West. You know, it's easy even for native New Yorkers to forget that New York City is actually five boroughs. Most of them are islands that are surrounded by very beautiful and yet very powerful waterways. We have really had that driven home to us recently with Hurricane Sandy, which literally just destroyed several of the um, low-lying and tidal areas of New York City. What Pets in the City is going to try and do is go to some of these neighborhoods and just kind of try and give our listeners a little bit of insight as to what daily life has now become for some of these communities. And to start, we visited the Far Rockaway section of Queens, which is a borough of New York City, and we were invited generously by Zina Zachinsky, who is executive director of the Allied Rockaway Foundation for Animal Recreation and Fitness. And she, as well as other people, have risen to the occasion to um, help neighbors who were literally cut off from heat, hot water, electricity, and transportation, and really stepped up to help them keep them and their pets safe. So come with me. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com.
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? Zena, we're now driving around uh, Far Rockaway. I want to see, can you kind of paint a picture for people who may not know what Far Rockaway is like, what it is like usually? Well, Rockaways themselves are actually separate sections. You have Far Rockaway on the east end. And that's primarily, it runs um, anywhere the gamut, the, the um, demographic um, actually runs the gamut from very, very poor to very, very wealthy. Um, there's a very large uh, Hasidic Jewish population down there. There's a lot of elderly nursing homes down there. You know, there's also a lot of housing projects down there as well. And then you have you know, your middle class working Americans as well, you know, just uh, normal people. So that's Far Rockaway. And then you have the new development, the new community, Arvern by the Sea and Water's Edge. They are also part of the new community with all the gentrification that's going on. So those are middle, a lot of middle class as well, middle class to upper middle class. You have Rockaway Beach, which runs the gamut from the very, very poor to the very, very rich. Actually, a lot of young people. You also have a lot of nursing homes there as well, um, especially right when you come off the Cross Bay Bridge there, there's a lot of uh, there's a huge nursing home complex there. The area was originally built to be uh, for summer homes, really, and they decided that they were going to put up more housing projects and um, nursing homes. So there's a lot of elderly here, a lot of lower lower income families, and then you also have once you start going to the West End, you have Bell Harbor, Breezy Point, which runs from middle class to upper middle class um, to actually very wealthy as well. So you have a lot of first responders here, you have a lot of firefighters, a lot of police officers, people who are used to being the first ones to help. So they're not, they're not used to being the ones who are in need of help. And can you describe, like a lot of people when they think of New York City, they think of the iconic skyline. How is this area different than that? Kind of paint a picture for us. This is actually, if you go down to the Jersey Shore or if you go down to you know Long Beach or any any type of beach community Coney Island any type of beach community you'll see that it's very much like that it's so different from the rest of New York City in the fact that it's got a very small town kind of feel but at the end of the day you're still in one in the borough of Queens it's just a, a small town that has a very tight-knit community when you first heard that the hurricane was coming, what was your what was your thought? I think I thought like a lot of people in the sense that I wanted to wait it out to see how bad it really was going to be. A lot of times you hear, oh, it's going to be bad, it's going to be bad. And it's not that nobody believed it. I don't think that even the people who predicted that it was going to be bad thought that it was going to be this bad. I think it was worse than what they predicted. Because a Category 1 hurricane, after years of living in Florida, Category 1 hurricane does not cause this much destruction. And this is something that nobody in this country, I think, has ever seen before. Just three different storms and combining the strength of the lunar tides as well. It just, I think this is something, a combination nobody's ever seen before. And I don't think this was, there was any way that this could have been predicted. 
Now, when you were in your apartment and this was starting to happen, were you out on your balcony looking to see what was going on, or where were you? We were actually in the living room. I'm on the seventh floor of my building facing Jamaica Bay. We were on the seventh floor of the building, and we were looking outside the living room facing Jamaica Bay, and we could see the water from the ocean rushing in behind us. So we were watching and we were looking and we saw it was coming in pretty fast and we thought, wow, this is kind of crazy. And then a little while later, the high tide from Jamaica Bay came and it was just coming at us and water all over the place, just rising and rose very quickly as well. I know some people who they said that their basements had flooded floor to ceiling in less than 10 minutes, just completely flooded with less than 10 minutes and cars came floating down the, from what I saw cars came floating down the street there was you know car alarms were going off things were moving things were you could you could hear cars banging into buildings banging into each other just hearing that all of that going on seeing things explode thinking that it was lightning it was it was actually a very surreal kind of experience you and, and Jeff and the dogs are still in the living room at this point, and what, at what point did you guys decide, eh, it's time to go? Well, actually, at that point, there was, you knew that there was nowhere to go. You didn't know, because we do live in a building, we said that there was nowhere to go. If the power, something happened with the power, and now there's a power surge, um, there's, you know, broken electrical lines, now we can't even get out because we don't know if the water is live. So, basically, what we said, we were like, uh, well, we just need to stay put that's it we're not you know we can't get out and if we need any help nobody's coming and nobody could come uh, fire trucks were flooded they were busy dealing with fires we found out later you know busy dealing with fires in breezy point and two other sections of the rockaways so you know there, there was no way that help was getting to anybody at that point so we decided that the best thing was just to stay put and then when you decided to venture out of the house what describe to me what went through your mind when you, you saw what what had happened. Tell me what you saw. Uh, well, we went out at six o'clock that morning because we were trying to judge when the next high tide would be. Um, we weren't sure how high that wa the water was going to come up again, and we didn't want to get flooded out. And the dogs had been in the apartment for 16 hours, not a piddle, no nothing. Um, they were so good. Um, but at this point, they were already whining, so we decided we had to go out. We had to see what was going on. The first thought in my mind was, where's the car now? Um, did it float away like like some of the other cars? Is it upside down? Are we even going to be able to find it? So we went down, we went down to see, just to make sure the basement was, uh, not the basement, the first floor wasn't flooded. There was no water in the stairwell. Kind of checked things out. We were okay. So we went out and um, it was still dark at that point. So we had flashlights with us. We're walking around. There's no street lights. Everything's completely dark. And the first thing I noticed was that there was absolutely no water on the street. The water had completely receded like, you know, like it had never been there. But of course you could tell that it was there. There was sand all over the place. We realized we were walking through mud and you have no, you, you don't know um, which, you know, what you're walking through even at that point because you can't see what's going on over there. Um, so you're walking through mud and, and sand and uh, you have no idea what's going on. You're basically looking at things that should be recognizable to you but aren't you know we were just kind of walking around just in shock going 
oh my goodness, that sign was in front of my building. Now it's on top of a table. You know, we went down and we saw, you know, that pieces of the boardwalk were behind our building. We're two blocks away from the boardwalk. So just kind of eye-opening to see, oh, this stuff has been moved around and just kind of taking in all the destruction. We found the car, we were able to find it, but then we didn't want to stay too long to see to actually inspect it until later. We wanted to wait until the high tide had gone because we weren't sure how high the high tide was going to be. Now, as a person with pets and who's obviously very involved with pets with ARFARF and just in the community in general, how are you seeing people with pets being affected in particular? I mean, obviously everybody's affected, but what unique challenges are they facing now? Those who don't want to leave their pets, I think, are struggling trying to just keep them alive. You know, people who have reptiles, it's very hard to keep them warm now that it's getting colder. When you don't have power, you don't have a heat lamp to warm them up or, or a, a hot rock. You know, people who have cats or dogs, you know, they, especially the first couple of days, they had run out of food and they were feeding their animals whatever scraps they had as they were feeding themselves. I think now that, that things are starting to be rebuilt a little bit. I think that it's important to recognize that people now are starting to rebuild or they're still displaced. They can't go back to their homes yet. And some people have been very gracious in, you know, allowing people into their homes with their pets, but at some point it just becomes enough, understandably so. So you were saying in addition to people having to relocate themselves, people with pets have that added uh, concern that, you know, they want to bring their pets with them, but uh, maybe the neighbor or family member is don't have room for them or doesn't want them, or is that the kind of thing you're running into? Is overburdened if they're in a shelter. Some pets, it, while it's great that the evacuation shelters allow pets, some of them just can't be in there. Um, I, I ran into a person who didn't leave. She said, I'm not leaving if I can't bring my cat. My cat is FIV positive. I don't even want to take the risk of putting her around other cats. She, you know, she had that. She, and then her dog, like one of my dogs, has never been crated. I have a dog that's actually doesn't like to be in a crate. He gets claustrophobic, actually. So he's he's not suited for a crate. Other dogs have never been crated. They don't know what's going on. You're leaving them. You're separated from them. They don't understand why you're leaving them in this cage. So it's that extra trauma that's being added on. And people don't want to put their pets through that. So they say, I'm not leaving if my pet can't leave. But now they're finding that they can't rebuild while their pet is in the house. So now you have a lot of people who are rebuilding, you know, who are concerned for their pets. They can't they can't keep their pets in the house, but yet at the same time, they can't take them anywhere and they don't, they want them to be left in good hands. They don't want them to be left by themselves. So you said now housing is definitely becoming a concern. Just Is it just because, um, like you were saying, people may not want to take them to the shelter, may not want to double up, um, but it's also you just don't have anywhere to go? I think it, it depends. I think some people don't know that there's pet-friendly pet housing out there. They don't know... You know, they don't know that there are hotels that are pet friendly. They don't know that, you know, they don't know about the options that are out there for them. Um, I think as more people, more and more people are going to be able to go home, I think that there will be more pet friendly hotels and pet friendly housing that's available to them. But I think, honestly, people just want to be home and they feel more comfortable being home. 
understandably so. Priority that I have is trying to find out who needs what. I just actually spoke to a woman on the phone. Her situation is that the cats, she has a cat, the people who she's staying with has a cat, and the cats are no longer getting along. They're starting to fight. They're starting to, um, or you have people who accepted the animals into the house, but they really were allergic. And now, you know, now it's starting to become an issue because now they've been in the house, you know, in the house for two weeks, you know, and now their allergies are starting to come back. So now you're faced with putting another burden on the person who's taking you in. So that's where we're at right now is just trying to find some fosters for people just to give them a little bit of peace of mind that their animals are being well taken care of. And when they return, they can have their animals back. So, Zena, what are you and others trying to do to help? You know, can you explain a little bit about what ARF ARF is and uh, how you kind of came into this hurricane relief role uh, all of a sudden? ARF ARF stands for the Allied Rockaway Foundation for Animal Recreation and Fitness. And we were actually a group of dog owners that wanted a dog park in Rockaway Beach. There were no dog parks at the time. So... A group of people got together and through a long and hefty battle they they actually won themselves a dog park and the space was a two and a half acre park that was very underutilized um, there were some illicit activities going on but they said the community board said you know this is a place where nobody's going to be bothered by the sound of barking dogs so we started cleaning up the space and making it a place where you know people can feel comfortable with their dogs and making it a community and slowly we started realizing that people also need advice about how to take care of their pets um, or, you know, where to go to um, have, you know, some of their pet-friendly services. We realized that, especially in a lot of the lower-income areas, that they can't get out necessarily to some of these pet-friendly services. So we started hosting events that not only raised money for the park, um, for supplies and whatnot, but we also decided that during these events we would start bringing in services. So we brought the ASPCA in to do spay-neuter. We had a couple of times we had the Mayor's Alliance come in to do microchipping. We also had some of these, um, some local vets come in to provide these services as well. So that's where we've been at for the past few years, just trying to get more amenities for the dog park and trying to you know, just trying to make it a dog park that everybody would like to come to in New York City. And then once the hurricane hit, we started, I started calling around to people just to make sure, just to check up on everybody, make sure everybody was good because as you can, you know, as, as you can imagine, almost everybody in this, uh, in this community has been affected in one way or another. So we started calling people, you know, once we had power and uh, once we had uh, powered cell phones, started calling around to people, text messaging people, because we found that um, the cell reception was very low, but we were able to communicate via text a little bit, a little bit more manageably. And so people started writing back saying, well, I don't need anything. Um, I don't need anything personally, but can you do something for my pet? So we started, we went out, um, we had just had an event at the park that had raised some money. So we took that money and went out and bought a whole bunch of supplies because we had no idea how we were going to reach anybody in order to get these supplies. So we went out and borrowed cars and, and, you know, ran around to these places and picked some supplies up and started delivering them to people. And now we're trying to find fosters and for animals. And we're also, you know, just trying to 
trying to help the pet owners in any way that we can um, to just make things a little bit easier for them. Because when people know that their pets are taken care of, that's one more thing that's off of their mind. Now, what would you say to people that, you know, don't have pets and, you know, they may look at all this and say, you know what, really? I mean, why don't you guys just get yourselves out of here and, you know, just worry about the pet later? Why would you even put yourself in peril, you know, just to make sure that you're in the house with your pet? Very often when you have a pet, your pet very quickly becomes part of your family. They are not only, you know, not only a great joy to be around. They're also good for your health, for your health mentally and physically as well. I mean, people who have dogs who take them on daily walks are a little bit healthier because they're forced to take a walk. And that actually, in turn, helps you bond with your animal. And when you've got that bond, you tend to become closer. And we are finding more and more that these people are emotionally attached to their animals and some people don't have anything but their animals. Has the experience of the hurricane put a another level of uh, what kind of bonds people have with their pets? Uh, have you observed anything uh, along those lines? I think it's made it a lot more apparent that people do have have a bond with their pets and I think it's something that you don't think about until you're in trouble until your animal is in trouble. You know, people realize that the animal's in the house with you and you have to cross a river, you know, all this water that's sitting there and how are you going to get back to your animal? You could leave them there or you could take them with you or you can stay and know that the animal is okay or is not okay. Again, it's that extra peace of mind. I think also people don't realize about the the connection that other animal owners have with each other, that that common interest. Um, They realize that, um, you know, we've actually become a community of dog owners. All the people who go to the dog park all on a regular basis, they all know each other. They all they all look out for each other. And we all knew that beforehand. You know, people who would go on vacation and leave their pet with a pet sitter would come into the dog park and they would recognize the dog, but they wouldn't recognize the person and they would find out what's going on with that person. We had somebody who was sick prior to the storm. They were sick and we found out about it because they were having the pet sitter come to the park um, and, and bring the dog to the park to get a little bit of exercise. We have people who've been coming in to check up on others and randomly found people walking down the street and would not have recognized them if it wasn't for the dog. I, pe- because I mean, people at this point, they don't really look their best. A lot of them ha- you know, aren't bathing regularly because they don't have hot water. So, you know, they're just doing what's necessary. And, you know, so people aren't, especially in New York, people like to look good and they, they're very conscious about their appearance and about their hygiene. And so right now people aren't really looking their best. They, they don't really look recognizable. But the one thing that always is recognizable is the animal. So I had a friend the other day who was driving down the street, checking up on some people, and she saw her friend who she would never have recognized if it wasn't for the dog. So they stopped and said hello and, you know, and started talking. And if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't for them, they wouldn't have been able to find out that that these people were on their way to finding someplace safe. They had been staying at their apartment on the third floor, uh, mostly because they were staying behind for somebody else. And 
they didn't really want to leave the dog, but they were told, you know, but my friend had said, uh, one of uh, the other members um, had said, you know, we'll take care of your dog if we can't, if we can't find, um, you know, if you can't find a pet-friendly apartment, we'll foster the dog, don't worry about it, because the dogs already all know each other from the park, so they all, so we know if they get along well or not. So it's, it's really come to the forefront now that this is more than just a bunch of people who go to the park with their dog. It's, it's a community, and the community of pet owners is only growing, and it's becoming more and more apparent in times like these. Now, obviously, you guys, uh, you know, have bonded together. I mean, you were bonded together before, but you guys really rose to the occasion for each other. You're, you're going around these, you know, still very cluttered streets with mountains of sand and debris on them, and you and Jeff are riding around and basically helping people out of the trunk of your car. I know there's other people like that as well. Have you, you know, in your opinion, have you felt that the city has risen to the occasion or that you're kind of filling in the gaps here? We're filling in the gaps. I think even if the city has risen to the occasion, I can't jump on board with that 100%. Um, I think there's many things that they've that they've let fall through the cracks and I think just having extra people on hand has helped relieve that need and kind of help these people who have fallen through the cracks. Sometimes it's just easier to go to the people that you know and you know just kind of like the concept of you tell two people and they'll tell two people and they'll tell two people you know it's a little bit easier to take something from somebody that you know because you know that somebody that you know that you know has your best interests in mind and then they can recommend some people. Um, I think sometimes people are also a little bit wary about taking things from them. They also, they're concerned that, you know, maybe there's not enough for everybody. So they, you know, they want to make sure that somebody else has something too. So this, this has been helpful just to give out that extra support. And now when you compare the response of the animal organizations to something like Katrina and compare it to the, you know, speed and I guess heft of the response here, uh, are you disappointed? Are you impressed? What are your thoughts? I'm a little bit disappointed just in the fact that it seems like a lot of these agencies were right in their backyard. It seems like in our particular case, some of these bigger agencies, they had no problem going down to Katrina. They had no problem going to, you know, to Florida, to the disasters down there, to other places. While it's very commendable, I'm not saying that there was nothing, you know, that I, and I applaud their um, response to those um, disasters, but this is apparently um, from what I've been hearing from other um, emergency officials is that this is worse than Katrina. This is this is something unlike anybody has ever seen, um, and especially in a place where like New York City, where um, you know th nobody ever ever thinks that you know this stuff can happen. You know everybody thinks oh New Yorkers are tough, they're resilient, they're uh, you know they're brave, they can handle everything. And true, we can handle a lot. That's you know that's not um, that's not the case, but. We're right in their backyard, and it seems sometimes that we're not getting the assistance that we need. What is it that people listening at this point, you know, you said things are get, starting to slowly get a little better, even though I think uh, you're in this area, Rockaways, you guys are going on, I think, what, your 10, 11, 12th day without electricity, something like that, or almost two weeks. So, I mean, you, you have no electricity. Some people still don't have hot water. It's getting colder. What is it that people listening could do to help? 
I think if everybody can write to Governor Cuomo's office. Okay, so Zena, you, you said you, among the things you would foresee people needing help with is, um, well, you want them to write to Governor Cuomo and tell him what? just want to write to him and tell him that the way that LIPA has handled this disaster is unacceptable. There's people who have come in who have been working on these stations and they say that they've never seen such poor infrastructure and they've never seen how poorly everything has been, been handled and we pay some of the highest electric rates in the country. So just to tell him that, that this is this is un unacceptable. A utility should be a little bit more on top of their game. Even though I understand that this was a storm of unimaginable proportions, but at the same time, they were told back uh, in 2006, I was reading an article yeah, um, yesterday actually, that they were told that they were not prepared for a big storm, let alone a storm of this size. So their gross negligence has cost lives it's caused a lot of discomfort, a lot of pain, a lot of mental anguish. People, you know, people have been hurt because of this. You know, their lives have been in, not only endangered, but some people have actually lost them. And this, a lot of this could have been preventable if they were more on top of their game. That's one thing that can be done. Another thing that can be done is to reach out to people that you know in the area and see what it is that they need help with and try to contact other agencies in the area and see what what can you can put um, you know what resources can be made available to them another thing that you can give good thoughts um, good thoughts and, and prayers if you pray to the area we need help from you know everywhere the, you know um, all kinds of help and then another thing that you can do is is contact the local animal groups in the area because um, especially like ours we have taken our funds that were meant for other things and um, put them into these relief efforts to make sure that people have what it is that they need. At the same time, I, we've also lost a lot as well. So um, we're trying to help in whatever way we can. And you know, amidst all the you know, amidst of everything that we've lost, we're trying to um, just give support to people as well. You guys actually just had a fundraiser for your dog park maintenance and, and upkeep and what have you, and you actually have um, reallocated those funds to, you know, buy supplies and, and bring them door to door like you're doing now. Yes, that's correct. Um, we we basically since especially um, since most of our supplies that we had stocked up um, were in our container that got destroyed at the park. We also have we took those funds that we had just raised uh, literally the Saturday before the storm. The storm was on a Monday and uh, we had this we had this event on the Saturday uh, before. So literally two days before the storm we had raised almost $300 in order to help with the park maintenance, buying poop bags for the park, to clean you know and other types of cleanup supplies for the park and also had planned on allocating some of that money for our, our fundraising and our events for the next year to be able to bring some of these services in to Rockaway again. Um, so we've basically taken that money and decided that we were going to try to help out the pet owners of Rockaway. And could you give us your website and your Facebook and any other way that people could contact you guys? Sure. Our Facebook is can be found, we can be found um, by typing in Allied Rockaway Foundation for Animal Recreation and Fitness. We also go by the the uh, pseudonym of ARF ARF, 
we have a website. It's www.arfarfrockaway.org. And there you can also um, sign up to be on our newsletter. You can also email us at info at arfarfrockaway.org. Or we can be reached by phone at 917-903-6518. Okay, and Zena, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us today and uh, to bring us around with you as well. You're doing really good work here. Thank you. And we'll be right back with more of Jeff's journeys after this. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Hi, I'm Lisa Smith-Putnam, the host of the new and exciting show, Your Pets, My Dogs, here on Pet Life Radio. Your Pets, My Dogs will feature celebrity interviews, we'll talk to everyday pet owners, and more. Listen, I am here to entertain you each and every week, right here on Pet Life Radio. Again, that's Your Pets, My Dogs. I'm your host, Lisa Smith-Putnam. Your Pets, My Dogs. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? I don't want these animals to die. just want them to go to a good home or whatever, or forcing them, or people want to keep them. Matter of fact, the tortoise I got, the girl's picking him tomorrow, I got him about eight years ago, and somebody gave him to me, I, I just I'm getting emotional, I'm sorry. Somebody gave him to me about eight years ago, and it went to two other families. I'm like, I think I'm like a force, I take on everybody's pets, all these turtles I got are somebody else's pets. I actually got a 90-gallon pond in the house, and I bring them in in the winter, because it get, just gets too cold out here for them, and they can't hibernate well. So, you know, just so people who are listening know, why, why is it important for someone who has reptiles as pets to have electricity? Now? A lot of people don't, don't think nothing about reptiles, don't care about it. But people that do care about reptiles, you know, it's like their own kids and stuff. They take care of them, they love them. And these animals are going to die without heat. They need heat. You know, some of them have the ability to, to hibernate. But I got all these turtles I got. If they're in deep lakes and waters, they can hibernate. But I got them from families that had them since they were little. And they never hibernated before. So they really don't have the ability to hibernate anymore. They, they lost that, I, you know, I, I don't take the chance. So I bring them in in the winter. I just don't want them to die. I just want, you know. You care about them. Yeah. 
this guy might be going. I got, like Zena told me, she has somebody who wants to check him out, my dog, you know, a foster. But then I got another guy at work that called me up and said he lost his dog and he's looking for another dog. But he says it's okay if he keeps him. I love this guy. I went to hell with him. In the vet now, he's got a, a stomach problem. I said, if the guy wants to keep him, let him keep him. I just, this is the first day I got electric. They might come tomorrow and shut it off on me. They said, I turned to myself, this, he can't stay here and gets down to 30s and stuff. I can't have the dog dying. Uh, as much as I hate to give him up, gotta, you know, just do the right thing. Put him in a good home. I got so many, I, and I saved some fish here. I, I got a lot of fish, too. Down to four fish, I don't forget about how many fish I had. Newts, I had newts for ten years here. I got a tank full of newts. All done, because all the salt would have killed everything. It must be hard for you to <sighs> see all this. I got, I got lizards. I got another lizard I had for ten years. A friend of mine took that one. I got, I had a whole bunch of lizards. They took the lizards. All the lizards are out in uh, Shirley right now, along with my little, my little Dolman, my mini pincher. I just don't want them dying. You know, what are you going to do? It must make you feel terrible that you can't really do much for them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. Do, do the turtles have names? No, I never really named them. <laughs> Unfortunately, I never... Really, I guess so many. Not even the 18-year-old? No, I got so many of them, I, I never named them. Oh, it's just horrible. I got a little tiny pond here. I, had a, I emptied it out the other day. There were so many dead tadpoles in there because the frogs, I guess, came from the... The frogs came from the back of the yard. And they would hop around here and go to my next door neighbors at night to eat food, crickets and stuff, and come back. And they, I guess they laid eggs and had tadpoles. There was a whole bunch of tadpoles in there I had to throw out, all dead. I actually emptied that out the other day, and now it's like less than a half full from all the snow we had after the storm. That's right, that's right. That's, that's a little tiny pond. You can hardly see it. But I usually have a solar light on it, and I got three lights with Mother Mary there. Point out Mother Mary. That's, that's my fiance's mother's statue. My mother passed away a couple years ago. She's in there right now, still cleaning up. We're working day and night. I'm working in the morning in the house with a flashlight because I can't sleep. But there's been plenty of help around here. Everybody's been feeding everybody here. It's, it's outrageous how much people came together. So was it, is that one of the good things that you'd say came of this? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I got people here. I got enemies. I only talk to them, but shaking hands and helping each other out, you know? You know, I don't know why. I don't know what became of how we got enemies. But when I was shaking hands and helping each other out. And that'll do it for this episode of Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio. We're going to try and get to some other areas of the city that were equally as affected by this uh, hurricane as, uh, as we can. But again, we were talking with Zena of ARF, ARF Rockaway. Just one more time, her website for her group is ARFARF. R-O-C-K-A-W-A-Y dot org and that's a 501c3 foundation and um, you can make tax deductible gifts to them um, to help them with their work again to help people rebuild their lives with their pets Far Rockaway. Thank you once again this is Diane West from Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>